When the woes of life overtake me, never shall the cross forsake me. God's encouraging words from our hymn today. I thought it was interesting earlier during that first reading as we were hearing the elder read that last paragraph. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Some of you jumped in already with a amen uh, because that's like our worship. Whenever we hear that benediction of grace and God's peace bestowed upon us, even before it's our time to respond, it's great that we have that on our hearts. On our hearts this morning, I was talking to uh, Jeff as I was coming into church about an email he sent me regarding some really great quotes from Abraham Lincoln, one of our presidents, who talked about the importance of God and, and the Almighty who gave us such great principles and values to guide our country, that, to, that started our country. And we were kind of, you know, woeing over the fact that it seems like a lot has changed in our country, our culture, and our world. But I said I was encouraged by the fact that I see in our youth that that same faith exists. Those same principles of Christ and the cross are there. But I think the challenge is we've lost our voice. That Christians are still in the world just like they were in the days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those who trusted in the coming Messiah, in the days of Peter, Paul, and Jesus himself, those who trusted in the promises of God. But because of political correctness or fear or the government, we so often lose the voice to our values. And today, such in-your-face language. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Paul's words for your heart today. Perhaps Paul's best line came a little later, and it reminds me of that famous uh, moment when Joshua in the Old Testament had his take-a-stand line. He declared, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. How often do we have that moment in conversation or in a decision when we say, as for me, I'm going to do this the Lord's way. Paul did. He said, as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has died. What's he talking about? Well, he's addressing those who tried to make a law out of circumcision as another religious rule that you had to do to make God like you. But even deeper than that, he was talking about sin. That we get so comfortable with the things in our life that push God away from us that we don't even see it. Even rules. Here's the truth about sin. Sin will take you farther than you'll ever want to go. It'll keep you longer than you'll want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you could ever pay. When you let sin rule your life. When you become so comfortable with it that you are married to it. That's why we need the cross. The cross to forgive us and wash away not only the guilt of sin, but to renew our minds, to make us a new creation, and to show us that the cross must define every moment, every breath, every ministry decision, every personal, social, economic, moral decision of our life has to come through the cross so that we have that take-a-stand moment. As for me, I'm going to do this the Lord's way. It might be painful. It might cost some embarrassment or loss of friends. But as for me, and I pray for my whole household, we're going to do it the way God gave us His instructions and His will in our heart. Now, I like the more Shakespeare-sounding version of this verse in King James. 
But God forbid, I can hear my grandmother saying this, but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified to me and I unto the world. Do we go out to our jobs, to our family events, and say, I'm going to be crucified to the things of this world that God is disgusted by? As for me, I am crucified to that bad thing. As for me and my family, we're going to avoid this bad decision and trust in the Lord and know that we are in His hands. In my moment of suffering, when I hear the bad news of cancer or a loss of job or a, a frustration in my family where the tension is high, as for me, I'm going to seek the peace of Christ in this moment rather than throw my hands up in despair or my voice out in anger. As for me, I'm going to trust the cross. Those who peddle advice and package wisdom often tell us that we have to pick our battles. And they often will say that you have to decide when you're going to stand your ground and draw that personal proverbial line in the sand. You should always pause and ask this question. Is this the hill that I'm willing to die on? Is this where I'm going to put it all out there because I believe in what this is? Is this the hill I want to die on? Paul, certainly, and Christ himself, and Christians, both in biblical times and today, face that take-a-stand moment. When they face that decision, is this where I'm going to represent my faith and trust in the Lord? What's that question supposed to help us evaluate? It's to ask, what's the payoff? Is the pain I'm about to endure worth the principle I'm standing up for? Is the truth that I'm about to express to my family or friends or boss or my enemies, is it worth the trouble when I express that truth and say, this is what God has led in my heart and in his word? Jesus endured those questions. And he knew and comprehended more than we would ever understand the cost and the great reward of the cross. He showed us that there was only one hill that we should die on, and that is the hill of Calvary, because that's where our faith and our life began, when Christ took our place, when he justified us before God as people who were enemies without the blood of Jesus. But now we're washed in the blood of Jesus. We are claimed by the cross through the waters of baptism, marked upon our forehead and upon our heart, which I did with Eugenie Lemke in her final moments this past week as she was dying in the hospital bed. I reminded her of her baptism that she was claimed first in those waters and then claimed again in the hands of God to receive that crown of life. Jesus said about that hill and cross, to this end I was born, and for this cause I came into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. What truth was worth all that trouble going to the cross? The truth was, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have for your everlasting life, that truth was worth the trouble. That pain of the cross was worth the principle of God's amazing grace poured out not through a credit card, not through a snap of the finger, but through taking our place of punishment did we receive the grace of God. Our faith in Christ is the place where we stand and declare, this is where my interest begins and this is where my hope rests. Because the cross defines me. The cross is the place where the world should see that in your moments of declaring your faith in Jesus, this is where you and the world part ways. This is where you and the world have a breakup because their way is not God's way. 
That's what would have saved Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what would have saved so many people over history who chose to take perhaps an easier path. But we choose to be on the journey of faith. You need to have that clean break with the world that you're not going to miss the things you're saying no to because God has said no to them. To show that we have departed from the world in our heart. You can't love the system of the world and have a love for Christ at the same time. We can't be so divulged into the things of this world that it dilutes us. Those bumper stickers today that say coexist, have you ever seen those or heard about them? They avoid the reality, the truth, that you can't have the love for the world and the love for Christ coexisting in your heart at the same time. You can't have different truths if there's only one truth. You can't have different ways if there's only one way. You can't have different representations of what life is if only Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Now that's the voice the world needs to hear from you. To your spouses, to your children, to your co-workers. To boldly say there is one way. And that might sound elitist. It might sound exclusionary. I don't think that's a word. But anyhow, you get the point. See, now you can create a conversation that Christ forgives even bad grammar. That in Christ, we are accepted, we are loved, we are forgiven, we are given what we need most, His mercy. We know that every victory, every thanksgiving, every boast that we could have in life, every joy is in the cross. It has to be. Martin Luther said of the Bible, he said, no word in the Bible can be understood apart from the cross. That when you read every story in the Bible... It always comes back to the Messiah who would come and die for our sins. It has to be. And so our bumper sticker should say, My sin is dead, Jesus Christ is alive. Amen? My sin is dead, Jesus Christ is alive. Hallelujah to that good news. Let's print those up. But print them up in our conversation. Let that sticker be about who we are that we trust in a source and power and a love well beyond ourselves, well beyond the universe. In fact, it's a love that put the universe together. It's a wisdom that knit us in our mother's womb. And it's the same love that went to the cross in the flesh and blood to pay our price in debt of sin. It's been said that nothing in history in the, or in the universe cuts us down to size as when we are at the foot of the cross because there we shrink to our true size. It is there that we realize who we truly are, Sinners before a holy God. But it is at the empty tomb and that empty cross that we see that we are freed. We're given freedom from that captivity to sin. We're given freedom from death in the grave because Jesus rose and he gave us that justification, that free, unmerited, undeserved grace of acceptance in Christ. And now it is in that cross I glory, as the hymn just said. In the cross of Christ I glory. We know the center of all human history and everything happens on that hill where God drew a hard line against sin and evil and he drew us to himself. Like Paul, may we wake up each day joyfully with that cross-centered view of the world so that we can say, as for me, as for me, may I never boast about anything except in the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen to that. Now may the grace and peace of God and His mercy sustain you, preserve you always in that true faith that you would know and share and glow with life everlasting and know that your salvation is sweet. Amen. Let's stand and sing that closing.